Hey, it's Delvin. You might know me as the Dark Web from the Longbox Crusade. Yeah, let me tell you a little bit about what you're going to be listening to. This has come out to play. It's a New Warriors podcast based on the 1990s series, The New Warriors. The New Warriors ran 75 issues. And Jared, you might know him as Death Probe, possibly the yard sale artist. Jared and I are covering all 75 of these issues and we're doing it on YouTube channel. Since we have an awesome DJ and Pat Sampson, AKA DJ Cristados, he's gonna take these and he's gonna strip the audio from the YouTube recordings that we do every second Tuesday of the month, by the way, if you wanna listen there. He's gonna take those recordings and he's gonna just give you the audio recording. So if you're a little bit busy, like most people are from time to time, you have an extra opportunity to be able to just listen to the audio. So a little bit of a warning. It's going to be a little bit rough as, you know, some of the things are going to be comments and stuff that happen right in that moment. But you still get to listen to some New Warriors goodness. Have fun. And remember, New Warriors come out to play. Play, a New Warriors podcast, is streamed live in front of an internet audience. You can join in on the live stream and chat every second Tuesday of the month on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Just search for and follow Longbox Crusade. Here we go. There it is. Oh, you, you got it? You got it? Go for it. Go for it. Oh, oh my goodness. Official, official models. New Warriors, come out to play. All right. I, I just, we're official now. It took we're us. Official. It took bottles. us seven, seven issues, seven episodes, but we, we actually have bottles. And I guess after I introduce least two of us and then we'll get to our, our our guest here that we should explain the story of the bottles hey i'm delvin and that's jared okay we've been introduced let's talk about these bottles <laughs> all right let's talk about these bottles well i'll right, start let me get you on let me get you on the on a better screen here and okay there you go <laughs> y'all look at this look 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 at flipping this like i mean it is a bottle and it has a new warrior on it as as marvel boy hold on i have two more I have two more. I have Firestar here. That's awesome. Okay. All right. One more. One more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I have Night Thrasher. All right. Night Thrasher. Black IPA. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't get that for Now, it's, it's, a, it's because he's black. I get it now. Yeah. Yeah. Let me so. continue. I have Speedball, New Warriors Bottle, and Namorita. And, and who's and missing? Carry, carry the one and Nova. Yeah. Nova. Yeah. Now, I don't know about you, Delvin, but mine comes in a very nice carrying case with the name of our show, a little bit about the show, <laughs> a little bit about me, a little bit about you. Can you believe it, people? Can you believe somebody made this for us? So, somebody made this for us. Like Ooh, I, I, don't is... know, I don't know who it was. <laughs> It's a mystery. 
It is not a mystery, Jared. It is Auburn Elvis, who who we saw at Dragon Con just what feels like yesterday, but it was uh, almost two weeks ago, and it was a fantastic time. And Jared had a table there, and the Long Box Crusade. We were there in force, in force, in as force. a crew, and so everything was awesome. And then, I mean, like alone, besides the cool bottles and then Auburn Elvis shows up and he says, well, I want to see you guys. I have a gift to give you. And I'm like a gift. Really? It is for me and Jared specifically. It's like, I, I, I don't know what's going on. And, and so he shows us these bottles and you, you, you know what? Auburn Elvis. Oh, hold on. You know, you did miss it, but for you, hold on, hold on. Yeah, we'll do it. Again. I'm real careful with it because I don't want to break it. Yeah, like if they broke, if they broke so on mad. camera, th- that would be traumatic for everyone involved. I get like mad like if I broke one, I just smashed the other one's wall. <laughs> so mad. I don't know if I broke these. I don't know if the, if the Marvel Boy and Firestar bottles actually start banging until a few issues down the line. Oh. oh. <laughs> Scott. Scott coming in hot. Uh, before we introduce Scott, hot take I, Scott. I should, that's what we call hot take. <laughs> we should we should introduce or we should finish the rest of the story. Dragon Con was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I picked up a lot of Silver Age Spidey. I got to see all my friends. I got to see my two godsons, who are happen to be Jared's um, sons. So it was a great time for me and Jared. If there's anything that you want to add, do so now. All right. Well, I mean, yeah, I just finished my panel that I did called Creating an Alien, which is a really fun and stressful panel for me uh, because basically a bunch of really smart PhDs sit at the front. PhDs, PhDs nuts. Thank you. They sit at the front and they do audience participation and the audience starts describing they each get people start putting characteristics of an alien creature. And then the PhDs kind of talk about, well, you know, they basically start with the planet. What's the weather like? All that stuff. They build this whole alien society around it. Meanwhile, I'm behind a blackboard where no one can see drawing this alien and, and having to erase it and change it as they come up with different things and all that stuff. It's very stressful, and but it's a lot of fun because at the end I reveal it and everybody claps for me and it, and it feeds my ego. Um, but <laughs> I was just finally coming down from that de-stress feeling, ah, finally relaxed, and then here comes Auburn Ellis. I got a gift for you guys. You got to open it. Yeah, I'm always afraid to open anything that Auburn Ellis <laughs> sends me. Uh, but I opened it up and they were both in there. They were back to back in a six pack that split out. And again, the, the, the time he took to make these labels, you can see the new warriors label color coordinated. I mean, he put thought into what kind of beers each hero yeah. would be associated with, uh, the labels that he made for the packaging. There's Delvin, there's me, and there's the story of our show. And I was just like, wow. I mean, it, it, it was very touching. And yes. very appreciative. So he has now set the bar for come out to play gifts. Everybody else, feel free to <laughs> compete. That's right. That's right. Who wants, who wants to touch us? I said, who wants to touch us? Gee, damn it. <laughs> all right. So with all of that out of the way, I mean, seriously, though, I, I do want to pass on more thanks. That was seriously one of the more thoughtful gifts I've probably ever received for anything ever. That was fantastic. And I, and I choked up. I really did. Mm-hmm. That was so great. And with all of that happiness, we have more happiness because we have a guest again tonight. You know, we, we had to figure out how to top Jason, the weasel skull. And I think we found it. He he is more experty than I am when it comes to new warriors. And you could tell by the comments because 75 percent of the facts 
came from him, actually. Uh, it's, it's Scott O'Neill. If you can bring him up, you know, live. I thought it was there, Jason there the is. whole time. <laughs> <laughs> now that I've zoomed is, in. Yes, it is not your brother. It is oh. it is Scott. It is Scott O'Neill. Like, he is a provider of knowledge to the show. He, and he has to be on. So, Scott, welcome to the show, man. Good to be here. Uh, well, you're a newcomer, so we should ask you a couple of questions. Not at the same time, because uh, I'm slow like that. But number one, please tell us what was your introduction to the New Warriors? Uh, appropriately enough, it was issue number seven. Oh, nice. Good time. Uh, I was, uh, I think, 10 years old and and living in a town called Tunkhannock, Pennsylvania, where the mascot was the, the Tunkhannock Tiger, and, and you know, all the sports teams had tiger print things on them. And uh, a comic store had just opened next to the school, and I saw a, a comic book with a tiger, a tiger striped character. And the way the ten year old mind works is like, I will pick this up, and and had every issue since then. Picked up the the first six, and it was just a, a random, goofy ten year old connection. That is awesome. That is a great story. And I have one more question to ask. And what's your ideal New Warriors lineup? There is no right or wrong answer. I just want to know who would be in your ideal New Warriors team and why. Uh, for for me, it's I, I'm always going to be partial to uh, the the original six plus two, uh, so the, the 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 six that we see in the first issue plus uh, silhouette and rage. It's I mean it's just, it's tough to beat. It's it's a group that's worked. Don't say the wrong answer, but that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm the show smartass. Wait, you're the show smartass? Oh, <laughs> is it you? I, or is it all relevant? I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm confused. Scott, those were excellent answers. We appreciate uh, you coming on, and we're happy. I mean, it's glad that it's your, it's, that's your first. Uh, my first uh, issue, man, I can't remember my first issue of New Warriors. I think it was in the teens, and then I had to scramble back and find all the others. Uh, but I was happy to be on the ride. So happy that I'm doing this podcast. My, my first Here. issue was uh, six episodes ago. <laughs> it was not. It was a few years oh, ago. Oh, that's right. Crusade Miss, you brought the double-sized, uh, what issue was it? Like 50 or something like that? It was 25. 25. Okay. That's and true. you're getting that very slow build up to 25. I it's, am. It's all starting now. You are. You are. This issue has some stuff to do with 25, actually. But mm-hmm. we're not there yet. We're getting there. We're getting there. I, I better get us there because I'm excited myself. Come Out to Play is a chronicling of the 1990 series, The New Warriors. The first volume of New Warriors ran 75 issues. Jared and I, and Scott for this one, will cover all of this first volume as I rediscover my love for this series and help Jared find his and share our love and joy with the listening audience. So grab your skateboards and bucket helmets. It is time to play. We're talking about New Warriors issue seven. And the cover credits go to Mark Bagley and Larry Malstead. And I bet when I come back to the StreamYard feed, Jared's already got it up. I'm working. I'm working. <laughs> now I need you to lean way far to what you're right. Is it your right? There you go. <laughs> there we go. We got it all figured out, everybody. We're pros, man. So, like, here's the cover. And well, we have a guest. Scott, tell us what you think about the cover. Like, you mentioned the tiger is what got you to buy it. But with adult <laughs> eyes, what do you think about the cover now? Uh, well, the, the weird thing is, at the time, I had no idea who the Punisher was. And so I wasn't, I wasn't drawn to the skull at all. It was. I, I did think it was kind of wild that, that Night Thrasher is kind of coming in from below. It's 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 a it's a very sort of it, it kind of creates a sense of movement, which I really like. Um, and I also dig how the the boxes at the top kind of convey a bit of personality. Mm-hmm. Like you just you can you can see Namorita ready to slap Speedball. 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they did put a little personality in it where you kind of have Marvel Boy kind of sneaking a look at uh, Firestar over there. And you had uh, Namorita and her Brady Bunch pose kind of looking at Speedball. So, yep, I agree. I agree. Anything else, sir? Uh, not really. Just, I, I love the the sense of movement to it, and and it's a very sort of dynamic sort of cover. Jared, what do you think? Well, Delvin, I'm glad you asked because I didn't do my job earlier in the script. I'm supposed to ask you a question on every show, but my question oh. revolves around somewhat the cover, so I will be throwing that your way momentarily. Prepare yourself. But my quick thoughts on the covers, I think, is excellent. I think it's a cool fight pose. I really like the way that the Punisher element of it doesn't overtake it, even though it's a large portion of the cover. It doesn't overtake the action. So I love the fact that it says, hey, there's there's Punishery things going on in the background because, hey, we're a new book. We got to put hot characters in new books. But they didn't overpower it with them. It wasn't like Punisher, like shooting guns and then... You know, all that's just a symbol in the background and a cover blurb. And I thought that was real classy. And it fits the tone of the comic because he's really quite a background character in the story. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really good. I did notice that we're still in that early phase where we got to get every character on the cover, even if they're little yep. boxes on the top, you know, make sure everybody yep. knows who's on the team. Uh, but I agree with Scott. I like the way they kind of made it a little bit fun with the sassiness and the playfulness of Namorita and Speedball. Uh, finally, I just want to say that I really like the character design of bangle who i assume is from cincinnati not sure uh but so the question to you delvin as you move Mm. into your thoughts on the cover uh, my question of the episode for you is i liked the character design for star killer is that right star thief star thief dang it i'll learn eventually star thief and i like the one for bangle tiger both think they're both really well designed and cool looking which one do you think had a better design interesting question Probably Star Thief in that, you know, they had the whole uh, story behind his containment suit and it was a very, it was a good story. And then it was also a very useful uh, exoskeleton because it served him well out in the confines of space. So that was cool. I don't, I, well, the Bengals costume hat does have a little bit of history, which has not yet been revealed, Oh, but as of right now, we don't know it, but even based off of the, the backstory that they gave, I'm going to give it to Star Thief still. I, I do want to pass that question to Scott, though. Scott, what do you think? Did you like Star Thief's costume a little bit better, or did you like Bengals a little better? Ten-year-old uh, me obviously liked Bengals uh, a bit better. Uh, looking at it from uh, a retrospective, I think Star Thief's was a bit more uh, original. Like they're, they're both great designs, but it's the, the Bengal costume. It's one... like. I, I could see like a GI Joe figure having a design similar to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they even didn't they even do a line like a like a tiger force line or something. I know GI Joe did absolutely yes. Yeah, that's what he was saying. So it's, yeah. it's it's still a really cool look. I just think there's there's a a bit more of an original take in like the containment suit that's housing the irradiated remains of mm-hmm. Star Thief. Mm-hmm. You're right. Tiger the the GI Joe tiger thing was very popular right around this time. I think it was about eighty nine. Ish, and this is 90, so yeah. Yep, late Tigers 80, are hot, man. Tigers are hot. Hey, Tigers are always hot. War Eagle, mm-hmm. Jerry. War Eagle. Um, yeah, so I should talk about the cover, too. The cover is sneaky great. You know, there's usually sneaky good, mm-hmm. but this is sneaky This is sneaky great. Like, I, I look at it, and the, fir- the first thing that caught my eye is Night Thrasher in a very athletic pose, you know, on a rope, and he's kicking up, and you've got 
dingle and like, you know, looking cool, wielding the size. Size always a cool effect. And they had to find a way to get Punisher on there. And like maybe you could have shrunk the skull and like maybe put like, you know, uh, Frank Castle's head there where New Warriors would be. But, you know, that may have been too crowded. So instead, what Bagley did was use the skull, which, of course, is iconic, and then had the light streaming from it, which brought the action to the forefront, which just, I mean, it just catches your eye in so many different ways. And then the squares up top, that was a Marvel thing for some time. And I always liked it. I always liked the squares up the top. It, it was just kind of a cool feel of who was going to be in the book. It doesn't tell you why necessarily, but it tells you who's going to be in the book. So I think this cover is sneaky great. Um, and I enjoy looking at it myself. It's- but I'll go for it. Some, something I didn't notice until just now when you were talking about that, um, it's, it's the lighting at the bottom that's kind of doing this. For, for most of this issue, Punisher's in the van observing them, and the skull being the size it is, is kind of like you know the, the size of a van, and the lighting looks almost like headlights. Yeah, that's cool. The battle wagon, I think, is the term. <laughs> yes, you, you might be right, Jared. But we should probably rate this thing. We do things on a scale of 1 to 10 here, 1 being the lowest, 10 being the highest. And Scott, what would you rate the first comic that you ever bought of New Warriors, one to ten, that solid nine. A man, a few words. I mm. like it. Like mm. I, I'm not you. I'm not used to that on mm. any long box. Jason, <laughs> <laughs> Jared, one through ten. What would you rate it? Ooh, I think this is my favorite cover we've had so far. And um, yeah, I'm gonna go with a nine. I'm gonna go with a nine too. It's really good. Oh, I thought you were gonna fall in. You're gonna fall in love and give it a ten. This is a great cover. I'm at a nine too. It was one of those where I look at it and I just kind of smile. I mean, I know, I know, I'm a Bagley Mark. I know that, but like, this is just a great cover. It really is. There's a. It really could draw you in. Maybe you just like seeing good art, or maybe you like seeing the Punisher as the guest star, and then you wanted to give the New Warriors a try because of that, or maybe. You are just, you know, learning to like or love the new warriors. And you saw this. This wouldn't give you any reason to turn away from it. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Fantastic cover. All right. Here's Jared with the credits for the issue. Mm, I probably should scroll to the appropriate place. Probably. And change the banner. All right. We are going to be discussing new warriors. Number seven. It's on sale. Date was November 27th. 1990 its cover date was january of 1991 its cover price was one dollar story is by fabian nicias the pencils are by mark bagley the inks are larry malstead colors are andy yankus doesn't even know us <laughs> <laughs> that you wanted a laugh and that i gave you a laugh it all worked uh. out <laughs> the letters are Joe Rosen and the editor is Danny Fingeroff. Thank you to Mike's Amazing World of Comics where you can always find out exciting information like the one I just gave you. And speaking of exciting things, I think it's time for Delvin to do the synopsis. I will do that synopsis, but I just want to, uh, let's see, I'll show Auburn Elvis's comment about how he would give it an eight. Uh, <laughs> would have been higher thrash for getting punched or stabbed. Okay, uh, I got to jump on board there. Auburn Nova stopped by my table at Dragon Con where I offer free three-minute sketches. Sometimes they come out good. Sometimes they come out bad, but they're free, so you're not allowed to complain. It's the best I can do in three minutes. And he actually asked for Night Thrasher getting punched as his sketch. And uh, 
It didn't come out great, but hey, whatever. <laughs> it was free. So. Look, uh, look, I wore my shirt tonight. I just want to say I'm highly offended by that. So, <laughs> um, highly, highly offended. Linkovich went all in. He gave it a 10. He admits that he's biased because it was his first book, too. But you know what, Linkovich? If there is ever time to mark out, this is it. This is it. It really is. And we can catch up to other comments later. Mm-hmm. After I read the synopsis. So here we go. The title of this book is Hard Choices. And chapter one, which is this issue, is called The Heart of the Hunter. This issue sees the return of Silhouette. You remember her, right? One time love interest of Night Crasher and sister of Midnight's Fire, HBO's newest After Dark series. Anyway, she visits a church where Father James is a parishioner, and they both are attacked by Bengal and are monitored by the the other side is Speedball's mom, who went to Brazil with some totally not terrorist and hasn't been heard from in three weeks. Robbie Baldwin, (laughs) I mean, they said they weren't terrorists. And I mean, if you're, you know what, let me keep going. Robbie Baldwin, Speedball is obviously concerned. Both Silhouette and Speedball show up to Warriors HQ one way or the other. And the team divides again, but far less evenly this time. Night Thrasher goes with Silhouette, and the rest of the Warriors go with Speedball. The Warriors end up being stalked by a new superpower team called the Force of Nature, and Night Thrasher gets to put Bingle down, only to be confronted by the Punisher, whose name I totally didn't whisper early on. There are a few other things that happen as well, but I'm sure Scott and Jerry will be filming us in shortly, and that's where you gentlemen come in. All right. Uh, Scott, you are unfamiliar with, well, no, you're not. You've listened to the show. You know, we talk highs or lows, but bring up anything that you want to. Now is the perfect time. One of the things I love about this issue, especially after the last two is, is the whole tone of it is different from, from the issues we've got, we've had thus far. So it's like the, the star thief two-parter was, was very sort of, you know, high stakes fights everywhere, you know, people in a panic. It was very, a two issue, very action paced sort of story. Mm-hmm. And then the whole the whole tone here, right from the first page, it's it's more like psychological realism. It's more about like why the characters are doing what they're doing rather than what they're doing. There's so much sort of internal monologue, and you're getting in, like deeper into these characters than we have at any point yet to this. You know, in the in the the first six issues, so not just seeing how they interact with each other, but like why you know who they are as characters and as as people. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I noticed upon my second read that there were a few points of view that were brought up in the book. There were Speedballs, there was Punishers. Am I missing one? I know those two. And I thought that was kind of different because usually in a book, the point of view usually stays with one character, even in a team book. And this time it shifted around. It, it opens with Silhouette and then her internal monologue. Thank you. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's three at least uh, from the book. And that is something that's unique. That's something I don't really see a lot in comic books. So Jared, what do you have? Well, I have my usual screenshot walkthroughs. Um, so I, I, I understand that Scott is our guest. So I, I will love him to do the majority of the talking, but I'll start putting shots up. I brought seven pages this time because a lot happened in this book. Wow. So let us start with the title page. Why did I include it? Because Bengal's got a cool costume design. It's a really great drawing. <laughs> so who's got questions? <laughs> Uh, there, there aren't really any, that is, that is a great drawing and I don't even have anything else other to add than that. Scott, do you have any better words than I do for that? 
Well, it's it's also the I mean the the the, the monologue is is introducing us to Silhouette really as a character because in issue two we heard we saw her as Dwayne you know was doing his flashback and then we had her pop in at the last second for the you're no brother of mine but beyond that we really haven't gotten to know this character and so we we really get introduced to to her personality right on the first page. I didn't really read. See? I just looked at the pictures, but all right, I'll, I'll, <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy that. Jared, go ahead. All right. That will bring us to my next page, which I selected this one. This one has a lot of teenage angst and fake teenage angst. I put up all these posters and stuff, but this is not even really the music that I listen to. This is what I listen to. I'm just trying to get your attention. Like, I bet when you read this as a teenager, you were like, Speedball's the coolest. But as I read it as an adult, I was like, I would smack the crap out of that kid. <laughs> Uh, you act like you have a 15 year old. Uh, my son was almost crap to me. I'd be like, I'd basically be like his dad. I'd be like, okay, whatever. I'll be downstairs when you're ready for dinner. <laughs> uh, I tell you, it's weird how things change, man. It's weird how things change. I find myself, you know, watching The Breakfast Club now and, and, and much more associating with the vice principal who's supposed to be the bad <laughs> Oh, that's how life changes on you. But I, mean, I get what they were going for. I, I'd definitely be interested in you guys' perspective, having read it at that age. But at this age, I'm just like, oh, my gosh, shut up, people. <laughs> all right. B- b- before we start breaking out uh, some landslide by Fleetwood Mac, uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's see what Scott has to think about it. Well, it's uh, I, I, this is one of my favorite pages in, in the issue. And it's it's I, I I even as a note I wrote that like Speedball needs to take every writer who's going to write Speedball into his room because I think a lot of writers since Volume One of, of New Warriors haven't quite gotten what the character is about like and they they treat him as like a happy go lucky you know impulse kind of like impulse from DC kind of jokester mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whereas I mean from the the first appearances in in like the the limited series the ten issue one from the eighties and then all the way through the the Warriors volume. Like the the jokes kind of come from a place like he's he's a kid whose parents are splitting that put him in the middle of it. You know, he's also a narrative where it's like his dad is is vehemently anti superhero and and he's a secret superhero. And so it's you know I've, I've made an argument uh, in, in other places on on social media that the especially for 1990 Speedball's storyline with his parents, especially his father, is about as close to like an LGBT coming out narrative as you can get for for a character at that point in time. Where it's like he's trying to hide from his father that he's a superhero. His father hates superheroes, uh, and here he's like literally like you know freaking out his father. He's like you know it's an act, and you never try and look through it through it to see who I really am. And so this is like the beginning. This is like the first page of that narrative. So I, I want to say I'm somewhere in the middle between you two, but I'm not sure where I am. I I got why Robbie was doing the things that he was doing. Like you know him and his dad, you can tell that they aren't. Not that they don't get along, but that they're kind of just different. And then maybe it's possible that, you know, the dad is just busy all the time and has a busy job and kind of leaving his son to his own devices. Uh, but at the same time, I can see why a 15 year old might think, well, hey, you're not paying attention to me the way that I want to be paid attention to, which has some validity to it. You know, not all, because as teenagers, you think you know everything and and you don't, <laughs> not even half of it. But at the same time, you know, feelings are valid. There, There is that, too. So uh, my that's my long way of saying, Jared, I do see where you're saying, you know, I'm not a dad. I don't have a 15 year old, uh, but I do remember being 15. Uh, so I kind of relate to him, even though I am 
uh, more at the Justin Baldwin stage of my life. <laughs> I remember making that face in the top right panel when I thought I was going to really serve some some business to an adult at the age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, oh, oh, you're not even ready. You don't even know. And, and then, then like, you end yeah. up with the face on the bottom right panel. <laughs> 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 Yeah, mom and dad, I told you. Okay, can, can I get allowance? Can I get? Yeah, <laughs> told you. All right. All Before right. we sound any more old and crotchety, let's yeah, go to the next I page. Am known for my old grumpiness, I'm a 68 year old man trapped in a 45 year old man's body. <laughs> All right. The next page I brought was this one where uh, Firestar and Name Marita they have their own little subplot going on about these let's say less than reputable, perhaps businessmen. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, this was a classic case. We're, we're sort of seeing, I think the end of it. it was a classic case of don't judge a book by its cover. Had a guy look like he was shooting up the place, but he was, he, he brought blanks and he was really just being threatening because he wanted to find, I think it was his sister or his daughter. I can't remember which one sister. I want to say it was his sister. Anyways, I uh, I just want to check in on this little side storyline. Not so much because I think the storyline is, is, I mean, it's, it is what it is, but I think it's a good character development of the relationship between Namorita and Firestar. And it really, once again, gave me that Firestar is sort of the phoenix of this book thing because she's just, she's obviously quite taken with Namorita's control over herself and confidence. And you can tell she wants that. And as we've talked about before, with her power set, if she gets too much confidence and, and just goes too far, it's going to be a problem. Okay. I did like this exchange. This is one of the character changes that Fabian was fantastic with. And in, in a very few short panels, he A, advanced the story, but B, we got to see a look into Firestar where uh, Firestar was kind of saying, you're not kind of like that person, are you? Like just spending all the money on clothes. And then Marina's like, well, I give a ton of money to charity and I'm here with the new warriors. So yeah. I got it. So I'm going to spend it, you know, and then they even got into a philosophical discussion about the roles that we play when we're with each other or when you're with a different group. And I kind of like that, too, because, I mean, that's for certain. You know, if I'm at one place, like, say, practicing jujitsu, I'm one guy. If I'm here, you know, you know, podcasting, I'm a different guy. And, and, and I do understand that, too. So I thought those are very interesting panels. I thought it was. um also good, the stuff that you were talking about, Jared. What do you think, Scott? I, I like these, these pages as well for, for a couple different reasons. Um, one is I've, I've recently been with Marvel Unlimited reading uh, the, the Namor series that was running concurrently to, to this time period. That was a good series. She, she's acting very her – personality, her personality is totally different in that series to the point that I – like the first, the first time I looked at it, I was like, oh, this had to be like early 80s or something because she's nothing like this in the Warriors until they mentioned the Warriors. And it's – so she's – it's it's literally like what she's saying about how she acts differently in different people. It's it's almost like she's saying I act differently in different comics because when I'm with my cousin, like he's he's like seventy years old and fought in World War II. When I'm with you, like, I'm the tough person. Uh, and then the other reason I love this is this is I think the first time we've seen these two characters by the, you know hanging out with each other by themselves, mm-hmm. and and they they pass the Bechdel test. So they 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 have a, an ongoing conversation about something other than than men or romance, and and it's it's. For, for 1990, like that's it's that's a really rare thing to find in media. I am proud to say that I know what the Bechdel test is because of Rick and Morty. Jared, did you have anything to add? No. <laughs> 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 I, 
are, are you feeling outclassed by Scott's comments, which which have all been great and insightful? Sure. <laughs> Flip the page, smartass. Happy to do so. There we are on page five, which is like almost like the reintroduction of Silhouette back into the team, which uh, probably important. And that's why I picked it. Well, she did come back to the team. I'll be interested to know how she knew where the headquarters were. She's never been there before. Good, but, good question. Yeah, very good question in my mind. You know, so thank you, me. But yeah, I would be interested to see how she knew her way back. But it was it was a very cool and dramatic introduction for her back into the team to where she falls into you know the team like in every sense of the word naked. Uh, and and unprotected and in need of help. So it was very good. And then even despite that, she comes in, she literally can't get up and walk on her own. <laughs> this is where I kind of was like, even though I got it, but Speedball's like, but what about my mom? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, really? Oh, Speedball. Come on. <laughs> yeah, come, come on, man. Like, you got a damsel here. Help the damsel first. And Scott, what do you think? I think when I think that when you're 15 years old, no matter how close you are with your mom, if a naked woman floats into the room, you're not thinking about your mom. <laughs> yeah, if a naked woman comes into the room in 15 and you're still thinking about your mom, you might want to see a doctor. Where is the team camera? <laughs> <laughs> it's unrelated to what's happening right now. I just want to. I'm doing an inventory. <laughs> Scott, please keep going. I, 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 every time I see this page, I just I immediately go to the sound effect because I don't know what it sounds like when people pop in and out of shadows, but in, the, in, in my mind, it never sounds like foo-soup. <laughs> it, it sounds like one of those slide whistles that like mute comedians use. <laughs> Which makes your power that much more entertaining, if that is what it sounds That's- like. It's either that or she was doing a very cool car stunt in a Bond movie. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yes, Silhouette, uh, she has made her way back to the team. Tim brings up a good point that I see here saying that Sil knows where Dwayne lives and that's who she was looking for, uh, not the Warriors per se. That's fair. I think that is a fair statement. Next page, sir. All right. All right. Uh, still don't know who this is or or at all. So <laughs> we're seven issues in. I still have no clue. <laughs> They've had this this storyline running in the background this whole time. You're like, you know who this is, and I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> I still don't know. <laughs> mm, I, I know Scott knows who she is, <sighs> and I'm trying to be. You know, I don't. I still don't want to spoil it to Jared, <laughs> but like, I, would it would it help? If she were doing all of the things that she were, but she was a man. I, the only other, like I said, the only other ones I, I can ever tie to Egypt in my memory is, is uh, Apocalypse and Kang. And you've given me the thumbs down on both of those. So I got, I got nothing still. You I, it, when, when it's revealed, you're going to say, oh yeah, I knew that. Okay. I look forward to this moment. In, in Jared's defense, like if you didn't read the Nova series from the seventies or the New Warriors or like the handful of Fantastic Four, like has he really been in a lot other than like Nova and the Nova FF issues and the Warriors? I don't think so. so and I thought that Jared may have read some Nova, which is why. No, not really. Um, no. The the most likely place you would have seen the character associated with this is 
in uh, the in one of those annual events where it ran a storyline ran through four different annuals because it ran through one of the New Warriors annuals and then the three of the Spider Man annuals. Oh, okay. So I I would probably be more familiar with that, or perhaps you mentioned the FF, maybe from there. So I'll stay tuned. You should stay tuned. And at this point, I mean, this is seven issue run so far. And I think we have seen this character in at least four of the issues. So looks like a pretty big storyline is going to be coming up. And they've spent that much time invested in this lady, whoever she is, finding an old version of herself who was holding the scepter of Ka that she seemed to looks like it's made her very powerful. Mm-hmm. That part I didn't mm-hmm. get. Yeah. And that's worth getting. Still got that. <laughs> it's worth getting. It's from old Nova. I, again, I didn't read much old Nova. Very little. In fact, the time we read the crossovers with Spider-Man might be the only old Nova I've read. Who Who's the, Who's the uh, guy there in that old Spidey? Do you remember? <laughs> no, me neither. It's, remember it's they were chained up and they they, they tossed yeah. like they were chained there's together. A, like both of these anchor. heroes have super strength. And we're like, oh no, a chain. <laughs> but, yeah, we we <laughs> and, and it doesn't help. That was like early one seventies, and we yeah. we've already recorded two hundred, which hasn't made it out yet. But we'll, yeah, yeah, been a while. And, yeah, it's been a while, but we'll get to it. Let's go to the next page. All right. Uh, second to last. Uh, it just shows this one because it's a cool fight scene. And once again, Night Thresher rides the raggedy edge of Vigilante. I mean, they've kind of played this up a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes Dwayne is snapped. And it just seems like, I'm crazy Dwayne. And I, I, I'm going to hurt you. No, I'm going to kill you. Arr. But in this case... Uh, you, you could possibly justify a reason for him being so upset, but I'm talking too much. Scott, what do you think? I, I just love how his skateboard has a switchblade. I, I mean, I assume they all do. Because I, <laughs> I think this is the first time that, that, that we've seen the, the blade come out of the uh, the, the skateboard. Uh, I also I also love how he gets literally shot at. His reaction, his only reaction is, huh? <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, then, uh, if I got if I got shot at, that would not be my reaction for yeah. certain. And then uh, the, sure. the I love the line that we get even before we see that it's the Punisher, uh, where he says the the Bengal wasn't after the girl; he was after the priest. And it's like it shows like the priest is something additional now as well. Mm-hmm. I figured that out early on. Mm-hmm. I had my suspicions. Good suspicions, and I want to at least. Because I feel like I might be the only one defending poor Dwayne here. He's rich. He doesn't need me to defend him. But if I were to defend him, I would say he mentioned in an earlier panel that he loved Silhouette. He, I mean, that, I mean, they're off. They're off again, on again. But he said, "I, you know, you go after the the woman I love or the girl I love." And so he was not happy because every time this Bengal character jumped out, you know, with did the jungle greet. And no one knows what the heck that meant. Mm. And, you know, he's got two deadly weapons in his hands. And Night Thrasher thinks that he is attacking the woman he loves and a woman who he has failed. And that's a big driving part of him. So it's like, I mean, it's played on a lot of the things that we have. We know so far about Dwayne. So all I'm saying is, like, do I think that he should have 
taken a blade out of his skateboard <laughs> and killed the guy? No. But do I think that he had a reason for maybe wanting to beat the snot out of the guy? Yes. Yes, I do. I'll take any, you know, thought to the contrary on that. I'm just learning as I go. Just seeing it. It fits with the it fits with the character too, though, because like, we've we've seen it before where he kind of has uh like when with uh with the mad thinker where he like found looked up the police report to find out where she lived to go talk to her when she had not been contacting him. So it's like he's he's been harboring like that that kind of illuminates that moment a little bit more because he's been harboring like these these emotions that that I don't know if she's aware of them or not, but it's it's definitely I'm, sort of a one sided romance at this point. I'm I mean especially since that very first opening monologue and it's interesting I do want to see what where Auburn Auburn Elvis was going with this said um, he wanted to hear Jared's take on the monologue uh, lettering itself and did you notice an art artistic theme but before we get to that silhouette's monologue she was mentioning you know just talking about how alone she was and how mm -hmm. she missed having the comfort of any companion or friend whatsoever so she's been by herself so maybe she takes Dwayne's fervor for passion or maybe caring about her somewhat maybe 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 all right um, yeah, see. Albert Ellis's comment confused. I saw it, and so I started flipping through to look to see what he's talking about. It confused me a little bit because he said Bengals monologue lettering, but it's actually Silhouettes monologue that we see the lettering for, um, which is a, it is more of a unique style. It, it uses the upper and lower case, uh, which uh, sets it apart from all the other lettering in the book, aside from uh, Punisher's uh, journal lettering, and that's in its own font too so i mean it's definitely unique and interesting but i'm i'm not sure where albert Elvis is taking me on this one i'm sure he'll answer and there are a few people who commented or had thoughts on oh he said oh yeah i was wrong i thought it was bengals so merry mix up <laughs> it happens and we'll move on tony thinks tony pennington thinks Dwayne is in love lust and overreaction is his brand it fits hmm? his motives to fight crime make people pay so that's okay. kind of it, it 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 does and then link was saying the bengal is down and unarmed not posing a lethal threat anymore and he wants to stab him seemed a bit over the line but yeah i've done crazy stuff when i was young and into a chick <laughs> <laughs> hopefully not that crazy let's not get anybody landed in jail here mm -hmm. on a simple podcast i'll we got one more page to go, right? We do. It's one last one. I bet you know what the last page is. The splash at the end. It is. It's it's the splash. I, and uh, real quick to go back and then go forward again, I just want to point out what an incredible artist Mark Bagley is. That's really great layouts and action, which led right to this moment. And you could tell Bagley was, well, I'm assuming, but it feels like he was very excited to get his pencils on a name character like the Punisher because it's, a really, really solid drawing. It seems like he was excited to do it. Scott? Uh, like I said, when I when I first read this, I didn't have any idea who the Punisher was. Um, and but it's it's the, the the pencils pop. I love how he's the the background colors are are Thrasher's colors. It just kind of it, I think it kind of keeps Thrash kind mm -hmm. of in, in the mindset there uh, in a subtle way. Uh, and it kind of gives a nod to uh, the, the the bottom panel to uh, the new villains that we we kind of met who who kill hotel workers. Mm-hmm. That's their brand, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> 
like if you didn't want to leave a tip, man. I mean, just don't leave a tip. <laughs> I don't know if they've oh. named all the characters yet, but one of them's definitely got to be called Concierge Killer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they have not uh, named the characters, so one of them could be CK. Uh, <laughs> but that was not a nice thing for them to do. They interrogated the uh, person behind the counter, desiccated him, burned him, and then blew him away. So we'll talk about that later. I do want to just mention that drawing of the Punisher is awesome. And Mm -hmm. I know Bagley drew some more Punisher in Amazing Mm Spider-Man, but like just looking at the grittiness of that picture, man, I wouldn't mind seeing Bagley and Malstead do a uh, Punisher like miniseries or something. Mm -hmm. That is, that's gritty. And usually when I think of Mark Bagley, I usually think bright, colorful superhero-y, but... If he like darkened that style and like came up with a punish or something, I would be first in line to get it because that that looks great. Mm, and uh, our old friend Linkovich, oops, I missed because the chat jumped. Our old friend Linkovich brought up something I noticed too. As soon as you flip the next page, it's a very similar drawing of the Punisher for the NES game, uh, which, as a video game aficionado, I will go on record to say is maybe the best game LJN ever made on the Nintendo, which is not a big compliment <laughs> but, uh, it's it's a solid game um we reviewed it on comics the console crusade on the long box crusade podcast network so if you'd like to hear me and i think pat was on that one and of course joe november that's his sideshow with us talk about this game in particular that's available on the if you scroll back far enough uh but anyway i thought it was it's kind of a neat um one two punch because you finish you finish it with the Punisher and then you turn the page and it's, oh, hello, it's an advertisement for the Punisher, you know? So pretty cool. <laughs> and then piggybacking off of our, our concierge killer. <laughs> Tony Pennington with the, with the jokes and the jokes. It's checkout time. <laughs> it's checkout time is the catchphrase. <laughs> now, did we miss anything? I mean, you took seven pages out of the book, but I mean, I mean, there's a lot these- going on. Yeah, there's a lot going on. And uh, I, Scott, is there anything that you remember that you want to bring out in this particular issue? Just just some little character moments that kind of very subtly bring up the, the, the dynamic between the characters. Like when when Nova mentions that he read about the, the, the Project Earth group and they seem pretty radical. And the conversation moved elsewhere. But now Marita in the background looks over and goes, it reads. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was that. That was that was very well done. Yeah, oh, she she had another great one in there too. I can't remember what it was. It was real fast and subtle. Anyway, talk amongst yourselves, and I'll see if I can find it. The, well, there are some fun you're... moments. With, oh, go ahead. No, no, Scott. There are some fun moments with Cord as well, where it's you know um, when at the end where they're walking away from the the concierge and and Marvel Boy is is mentioning it's like oh did you see how Cord spoke uh, spoke Portuguese to the clerk. Um, and it's it created humor because the next one's like speak English. And he's like yes, <laughs> but it's, it, it shows that Cord is is you know multilingual more than he might appear to be. Um, and at the same time, when they're they're kind of transforming out of their costumes and they find out who who Robbie is, and he, he tells them who his mother is. Cord Cord's response is the soap opera actress. Ty watches her show. I I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's on that same page that I found the other cleverness from Namorita where. Um, Nova's talking about, you know, people are talking about unmasking. And he, he said, well, well, maybe maybe he's really ugly under that mask or something. And then says, do you have a sharp pain in your neck, Richie? And he goes, no, we do. We do. 
the zingers of poor Noah try, trying to impress was, that girl. Not working. It was it was funny though because Nita used the same joke when Robbie was gonna take when he took off his mask in the spaceship when they were gonna go, not spaceship but the rocket when they were gonna see Star Thief. She said the same things like maybe he's ugly under the mask or something. <laughs> so it was funny that Nova used the same joke. Uh, yeah, the team mentioning each other or bring, taking off their mask because they had to uh, in order to blend into Brazil uh, was really cool. Um, yeah, it was funny because even if Marvel Boy was still trying to protect his name, you know, as soon as he took off his mask, Firestar was like, Vance, Vance. <laughs> definitely a key page that i could have added or i could have added the page that i think introduced us to what forces of nature or force of nature whatever that team is called the bad guys mm-hmm. i suspect yep. they might be eco-terrorists i don't know what do you know jared i, I mean they clearly said that they weren't terrorists <laughs> I mean, if they said they weren't, then they weren't. It, it, Tony says, I do find it hard to believe Robbie is into Ruben Blades. I, I, interesting. I, who's Ruben Blades? I don't know. Oh, my goodness. He's, he's the guy that makes Night Thrasher skateboards. <laughs> uh, Ruben Blades is a uh, Hispanic actor, and I think he does some music, music as well. Uh, I, For some reason, I know him best from Predator 2. I always remember him in that. I'm sure he's been in a million other things, hmm. but uh, I remember most from Predator 2. I'm certain people in the chat could help us out with that. And I'm sure that somebody will help us out with that. But was there, well, the only other thing that I can think of that we didn't mention was just a very quick vignette with um, Vance's dad, who Vance is on his way out of the house and his dad mm. was just like, hey, before you leave, could I be a bigot to you very quickly? Okay, and you can go now. So there's that part. I don't. I don't like. I didn't pick up on that. I thought it was good parenting, but you know, again, we have different perspectives. <laughs> <laughs> he was basically like, "I just want to remind you that you suck." <laughs> I'll see you later. Like, okay, yeah. good, good talk, Dad. Thanks. Thanks, Dad. Big gulps. There's right, like bye. a chair by the door that he hangs out in, so you can toss them on every time Vance walks in or out. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, buddy. Quick reminder, you suck. <laughs> but did I miss anything else? Is there anything else worth covering before we move on? No, man. I want to know what's up with the priest and, of course, the Bengal. But, man, so much going on. There's a bunch of little side plots. Yeah, we're going to fi- we're gonna find out why the jungle breathe, whatever mm-hmm. that meant. Yeah. Whatever that meant. Whatever that meant. I, the only Go thing I would on. add is I, I, have a, I have a page from this issue, and and – uh, of the original art, and when I when I picked it up, um, I noticed there were there was like little writing all around the the outside of the page, and in uh, the new, the New Warriors Facebook group, uh, we we kind of were chatting about it. We posted the image, and we we're chatting about it, and and Fabian is uh, the the writer is uh, is in the group, and he, he was saying that um, Bagley, uh, Mark Bagley, in, uh, other you know, in a way that was different from the other other artists that he's worked with, would have like little notes and suggestions like all around the outside. And it made me think back to that issue that uh, you covered a couple of episodes ago where it listed uh, Fabian and, and Mark Bagley as like creators or, or it, it gave him co-billing mm-hmm. as something. And it made me think, like, he said it was very, he said it was a very collaborative process where, where he, he and Mark Bagley and the editorial team, like all sort of just bounced ideas off of each other, which was, was really kind of cool. Nice. Nice. Mm. Oh, um, Auburn Elvis chips in with one other of the multiple storylines going on. We got to see a little bit of, 
uh, Nova with his brother. He's uh, his brother's the smart one with the bright future. Yeah, I, I think Albernovas might be a little, might be being sarcastic there a little bit because he he asked earlier what did we think about Rich's combo with his brother, and it was interesting the note that it left on where you know Nova is being the superhero again, but he kind of still thinks of himself as a college dropout, not college, mm-hmm. high school, like high school dropout, like a loser, and he's like, yeah, what what do I do that no one else can do? As he flies off <laughs> and his brother very astutely kind of said yeah i could i could think of something that you do that other people don't mm-hmm. so yeah so i thought it was a good a big bro little bro combo like uh, nova isn't quite ready to tell the family yet that he's resumed superheroing um and you know the and just having that conversation with his you know younger smarter brother uh i, I liked it it was cool Shows the interesting dynamic between the two as well, because uh, Robbie is jealous. Uh, Robbie Ryder is jealous of his brother for being a superhero, but but uh, Rich Ryder Nova is jealous of his younger brother for for being as smart as. And it, it even makes me think back to um like the part of the reason why Nova is a high school dropout. Uh, if you remember back in issue two, uh, when he was he had a thought bubble about how he didn't go back to high school when he got back from the Xandar War because he would have been in the same class as his kid brother. And so part of the reason he he did drop out of high school was because he didn't want to be in a situation where he had to compete and not succeed against his kid brother. Very good point. Awesome well, point. All about perceptions of success. You know, what makes you successful? Being a superhero or finishing school and making something of your life? You know, it's interesting dynamics. Absolutely. A couple of more things real quick. Uh, Link mentions for more Bengal reading, check out Daredevil 258. And Tim Price mentions Jungle Breeze Body Spray, which uh, <laughs> might be named Midnight's Fire. I'm mm. not sure. <laughs> to get to Jungle Breeze, find out with Midnight's Fire. <laughs> <laughs> now, in, now in Minty Spice. It'd be one of those like weird perfume commercials that don't make any sense, you know? Like just a guy standing by the ocean and a horse run by, you know? Midnight's Fire. The, the Bengal also has a pretty large role in uh, Avengers The Initiative, where he's part of the Shadow Initiative. It's a uh, like him and trauma and the constrictor and a couple other, a couple other characters. Oh, like okay. That. So, so Bengal does maneuver outside of the new warriors universe. Unlike uh star thief, whose name I finally remembered after seven episodes. Better late than never, Jerry. Hmm. You want to advance us in the script? Cause I, I read. Oh, I'm certain it's, yep, it's my turn. Yep. I got it. It is. I got it. I got the banner and everything. He's got it. It's, it's that time folks. We're going to talk about who we have as the ultimate warrior for this book and who we have as the ultimate worrier for this book. Basically, who we thought excelled and did the best and who we're a little bit concerned about. And you know what? We'll start with our guest, Scott. What do you think? Oh, geez. I, you know, it's, I, I'm going to go with, for ultimate warrior, I'm going to go with Silhouette because she she managed to escape from from two characters we now know who are, who are after her, the Punisher and the Bengal. And then just kind of more importantly, for a character who has sort of retreated to solitude to deal with her problems, for her to choose to seek out help is, is a big kind of step. And and that's that's a big move for her, is to, to seek out help after kind of withdrawing from the world for however many months she's been withdrawing. I think Speedball. I, I it, it, for no other reason that I like how he was one of the drivers of the story and that he's worried about his mom. You know, I can definitely um, share the same sentiments with a guy who loves and is worried about his mom. 
But yeah, even while he had a couple of annoying moments, I did appreciate that he came across as a little bit more uh, than just the jokester. Like Scott kind of mentioned, like there is a weight and a gravity to him uh, besides just the jokes. They even started showing it where he went to Warriors HQ, but he was moping around until finally Night Thrasher was kind of like, uh, dude, you okay? What's wrong? And then he finally starts spilling his guts about what was going on. So I give it to Speedball. I like that there was some good uh, personal development with him. What about you, Jared? I'm going to give the ultimate warrior to Speedball's dad for some darn good parenting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'll give it to Namorita because she continues to be uh, a strong character. and She's sort of a mentorship role to the Mousy Firestar right now. Uh, she clearly kind of likes Nova, but is also not putting up with Nova's BS. <laughs> she's uh, she's just one of the more well-defined, um, strong characters that's fun to read. She's, she's made some some funny jokes, and um, I don't know. I just think she continues to be, um, you know, just a good, strong character. So she's my warrior. I mean, ultimately she can choose to be selective as far as Nova because there's plenty of fish in the sea. Mm, yeah. I saw that one coming as soon as you started the wind up, but um, yeah, that's true. I'm sorry. I, I, I should be hosting. This Nova show. should be casting a wider net is what you're saying. <laughs> Scott, I apologize for having to pull out with our crap. Uh, <laughs> I, I am well, I am well known for cringeworthy uh, for cringeworthy puns. Oh, welcome oh, to the show. You've come to the right place. <laughs> um, Scott, did, I don't think you got to tell us who you were worried about. Uh, I'm mainly worried about Thrash. <laughs> I think said. we all are. <laughs> it's it's another one where he's sort of over the top, and he's it, and, and you know, on a physical level he's losing it. He's losing it again, and on a personal level he's kind of building himself up for something that that might not be reciprocated. So he's just he's walking that fine line in every aspect of his life in this issue. Mm, yep, yeah, I think that's that's legit. Delvin, who are you worried about? I'm worried about the Punisher because he was standing there with the guns, ready to use them, all like muscly with the with the skull and pew, 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 pew. <laughs> like I mean, what's what's gonna happen there? Like, because he's like, I'm after the girl, and we just saw what Dwayne was about to do to the Bengal. For going after Silhouette. Is he mm. going to do something to the Punisher? He's going to break out the Death Alley. <laughs> it might be a true Death Alley with that blade. Uh, Jared, who are you yeah, worried about? I, I'm, I continue to be concerned about Night Thrasher, but just for a shift of gears, I will say that I'm worried about um, Speedball. You know, he's got uh, a lot going on. He's at that age where he can't control... Uh, his emotions quite quite right yet. Uh, I don't know if there's, if there's right or wrong way to control your emotions, but he just he, you know he, he go, he's a half cocked kind of guy, and uh, so I'm definitely uh, worried about how he's handling things. Uh, luckily, he's got some more mature teammates maybe that can help him, but he is who I'm currently worried about when I'm not worried about Night Thrasher becoming a homicidal lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I can see being worried about Dwayne. Seems like a lot of this was built around Dwayne for whatever huh? reason. Well, he started this whole thing. He did. I'm also and worried about my mustache, which I can feel losing its stickiness. Well, I mean, just grow <laughs> hair like a real boy, Jared, and you won't have those issues. Now is the time for overall ratings of the book. We're doing one to ten 
nightsticks. <laughs> right? Nightsticks. Yes, sticks. I heard. Yes. And uh, we've got to rate this thing. So, Scott, what would you rate your first comic ever, New Warriors 7? I'll, I'll still go, I'll, I'll stick with the nine, like on the cover. It's, you know, it's, it's a, an, another strong issue building off of several strong issues. I love how, you know, uh, other than Terax in issue one, every villain they've gone up against has been a little bit gray in terms of, of whether they're a hero or a villain or, or somewhere in the middle. I think it's, it's compelling. And we've, we've got several characters kind of falling into that category a little bit. Um, and, and so it's, a, it's a definitely, I guess, solid nine. Mr. Jared. I like this one because it had so many different threads going at once. It's always fun when when there's a lot of threads to follow. So, yeah, I'm liking it. I like Bengals' design. Uh, I'll go with an eight on this one. Feeling a solid eight. Mm. Delvin. Man, I, you know, musical genius, Joan November. <laughs> I know you're feeling that 8.5. <laughs> I, I am. So I, I will bump it up to a nine. And the reason why, there were a couple of pages in that book that were just drop dead gorgeous. Mm, like Punisher at the end, uh, Bengal at the beginning. There was the, we didn't even talk about the fight scene itself between Bengal and Night Thrash, where I mean, some of those kicks that um, they that Dwayne threw at the Bengal, and even coming in on the rope, like it was just whoo, Bagley was on it, and Malstead, and the color, like they were on it. That was fantastic True. looking. Just the the fight scenes alone. So I, I, that's more than enough for me to bump it up to a nine. That and somehow in those 22 pages, Fabian found a way to advance a little bit of characterization of each of the heroes and bring about a very compelling story of we don't really know why Bengal is there yet. No one talked to him. Like Silhouette didn't. Silhouette attacked him. Night Thrasher did. Night Thrasher beat the crap out of him. The only one who really seems to know why he's there besides himself is Father James, maybe, and it looks like the Punisher might know a little bit, too. So we got a lot going on here, and we got a lot to look forward to in next issue alone. So uh, nine's a good place to settle. It was a really, really good read, I think. I'm curious now as to how Punisher did his research in such in such a short span of time, like from not knowing who the Bengal was to like knowing all of his backstory in one day. This is like Google wasn't a thing. He couldn't even ask Jeeves at this point in time. It was like 1990. <laughs> Did, did he have microchip? Was microchip his dude at the time? Not sure. Me neither. I think he did. I think he had microchip, like, you know, the dude behind the dude. I don't think he was doing all of his research. I mean, let's be honest. He He's a former Marine. Like, I'm surprised there weren't a box of Crayola sitting there in the battle, man. <sighs> I'm not proud of that, but I kind of am proud of it. <laughs> Any event, that is the show. Wait, are there any comments to read before I, I, I end the show, Jared? Uh, uh, comments to read. Uh, well, our our um, network founder Pat Sampson jumped in and says he gives it eight splashes of Night's Fire, which is funny. Um, <laughs> and then I once again have to discipline Auburn Elvis for saying "smart people party of nine, Your table's ready to imply that I guess myself and Pat are not smart, which is hurtful and not fun in the comments. So. I did realize there's a timeout button I can put people on in the comments, so we might be testing it. Had I not been for these wonderful bottles, Auburn Elvis, timeout. <laughs> Is that Justin Baldwin? <laughs> and on that note, that's mm. the show. Please come back and join us for the next episode where we discuss New Warriors issue eight, where we have one heck of a fight between Night Thrasher and the Punisher, and we learn how forceful the force of nature can be. 
If you like to hear more from us, the Longbox Crusade is in a lot of places. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and most podcatchers to include Spotify at www.longboxcrusade.com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Patreon, all at Longbox Crusade. And here on this YouTube channel, besides Come Out to Play, we have a do a live stream once a month every second Sunday. Jared does a creator spotlight every now and again. Uh, as well, and uh, I think we take uh, we bring some stuff that was exclusive content once upon a time. And we put it on YouTube as well. Mm-hmm. We like to surprise mm-hmm. folks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can con- you can email us also at contact at longboxcrusade.com. Special shout out to our Crusaders Club members for one dollar a month. You could be one of them, like our good friend Josh Strickland, who is in Guantanamo. Bay right now, and we got some swag out to him for winning one of the Crusaders Club contests that we had uh, every month. So membership starts at $1 a month, and we love to have you. Uh, it's a lot of fun, if I do say so myself. Mm-hmm. I think he's a Marine, too, so hopefully he didn't tune in for this episode. <laughs> well, he, he, he's not a Marine right now. He, he's he's now in the Navy. He, oh, he's he, in the, he's in the all Navy. The, all the branches he all can the, <laughs> He chose the Navy. The Navy. I know my mustache is <laughs> Josh is a very good friend of mine, so I, I tease because I love. And with that, Scott, dude, thank you so much for putting up with our crap, coming out to play with us. Can you please tell us where you can be found out on the internet? Uh, I, I'm on Twitter. My dog has an Instagram. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Instagram is dog. <laughs> where can you be found uh, out on Twitter? What's your What's your Twitter handle? It's uh, at Blue Collar Skull, S-C-H-O-L. Uh, it's going to be Blue Collar Scholar, but I run out of letters. Now tell us where we, I mean, we got to know where we can see your dog on Instagram. Uh, she is at uh, the, hang on, the uh, the Mary Wolf of Windsor. <laughs> Delightful. <laughs> Delightful. Uh, I, I, will have, I will have to see how the good girl is doing. And, and Jared, mm. where can you be found on mm. social media? Mm. I can be, I need you to learn, lean more to your right. There you go. Uh, on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Yard Sale Artist. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. You can check out my website, theyardsaleartist.com. And you might have been about to say this already, but you know, if you were, just let me do it. If you want to sit where Scott's sitting and be a guest on the show, just uh, let Delvin or I know you can. You can send an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com. You can hit me up at Yard Sale Artist, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, if you want to join. Or you can hit Delvin up on his social media, which is? On Twitter, you can find me at D-E-E underscore R-A-Y-1977. And yeah, um, I've been hit up on Twitter. Uh, Scott asked, uh, could he be on the show? And I was like, yes, absolutely. And we got hit up by someone on Instagram who I need to get back to who's like, well, like I, I'm a dad and I like talking new warriors. Can I come on the show? And it's like, yeah, <laughs> that's the exact qualifications I have. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Your dad. Um, more, more like Justin. <laughs> more like Justin Baldwin than, than we want to admit. And um, I still don't get that joke, but I <laughs> <laughs> don't know who that is. I guess I have to Google it. No, Justin Baldwin, the uh, Robbie's dad. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know what his first name was. Focus, Jared. Focus. I just look at the pictures. I don't read the part. <laughs> it took me like six issues to get the star thief's name right. I can't remember his first name. 
<laughs> the the important thing here, Jared, is that we've made progress. We've made progress. <laughs> Everybody, see you next time. And remember, be a hero to someone, even if it's just to yourself. That's what I do. That's what Scott does, too. He's just too uh, shy to admit it. Uh, Tony Pennington yeah. said it was him, by the way, who wants to be on the show. It, and I would I almost put him in timeout for his Boomer Sooner comments, but, you know. I mean, let them have it. I mean, They're yeah, right. we all have our things, so it's fine. They're about to come to the SEC. They'll, they'll get what's coming to them soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> we can't talk. Last time we played them, they beat the crowd out of us. We were there. Me and what? Me. <laughs> In the show. In the show. New Warriors come out to play. music is provided by musical genius joe november check out his soundcloud at j-o-s-e-f-l-i-n-9-9 you won't regret it